Belli, and this is Words for Granted, a podcast that looks at how words change over time. If you're a longtime listener of the show and you'd like to show your support, you can do so via Patreon. Patreon is a crowdfunding service that allows independent creators to get their work out into the world. If you donate as little as $1 a month, that's less than what you'd pay for a bad cup of coffee, you'll gain access to exclusive episodes that are only available to contributors. The first patrons-only episode is something of a prequel to the episode on the word to. Just go to patreon.com slash wordsforgranted to find out more. You can also find a link to my Patreon account on the website wordsforgranted.com. Thanks to listeners Keith, Barry, Frank, and Brian for your recent contributions. In other news, Words for Granted is now part of the Humanities Podcaster community. If you search hashtag Humanities Podcasts on Twitter, you'll find all sorts of independent humanities-themed podcasts that I'm sure many of you will enjoy. I'm currently listening to the Trojan War podcast, and it's really great. Okay, let's get on to today's show. For the past few episodes, I've been starting things off with either a thought experiment or a semi-provocative question, but today, I couldn't come up with anything. The word we're going to be exploring is T, which, according to the Merriam-Webster online dictionary, is a drink made by soaking the dried leaves of a tea plant in hot water. There's not exactly a whole lot going on in that definition. But even though the meaning of tea is not very complex, the history of the word itself is. Most of the words we've looked at on this show have European origins. Because of historical circumstances, the etymology of most modern English words derive from Old or Middle English, Latin, or Greek. Much of this Latin and Greek vocabulary came in through French, so you can throw French, specifically Old French, into that mix too. But like tea the drink, tea the word was ultimately imported from China. In virtually every language around the world, the word for tea can be traced back to Chinese because the Chinese are the ones who invented it. Tea is not a universal human concept such as happy, sad, or mother or father. So before China began exporting tea to the rest of the world, there was no reason for non-Chinese languages to have a word for it. Now, I know that sounds like common sense, and it is, but we can derive a historical rule of thumb from this fact. If the word for tea entered a language directly from Chinese, we can assume that the speakers of that language were engaged in trade with China at the same time at which the word for tea appeared. The directly from China part is important because more often than not, the word for tea passes from one language to another as a second or third generation hand-me-down. For instance, the English word tea, which entered the language in the early 17th century, does not come directly from Chinese, but from Dutch. That's because, at the time, the Dutch were the main importers of tea from China to Europe. The Dutch word for tea is tei, and it's borrowed directly from tei, the Chinese word for tea in the Amoy dialect. We'll talk more about the significance of different Chinese dialects in just a bit. 
Because the tea trade was, and still is, such an international affair, you can't really explore the etymology of tea without taking an international multilingual approach. Consequently, today's story is not only about the English etymology of tea, but about the many etymologies of tea from all over the world. Collectively, these etymologies can tell us a surprising amount about the history of the tea trade from a linguistic point of view. So let's start things off in China, the homeland of tea. Tea itself has been around for millennia. The earliest physical evidence for tea comes from a recent discovery in 2016 from the mausoleum of Emperor Qing of the Han Dynasty. It reveals that Chinese rulers were drinking tea in as early as the second millennium BCE. It's possible that tea in fact dates from much earlier, but it's hard to be certain because there's no earlier physical evidence, and the current Chinese word for tea came into usage during the 8th century CE. Scholars are unsure if other words for tea were used in earlier times. Before I tell you what that modern word for tea is, we need to clarify a few things about the difficult nature of Chinese words, specifically the writing of Chinese words. As I assume most of you know, the Chinese language does not use an alphabetic writing system. It uses a logographic writing system that comprises thousands of individual characters, each of which represents an entire word. Logographic literally means word writing or word sketching. Because the Chinese language lacks letters that represent individual sounds, Chinese words cannot be represented phonetically within the language itself. In turn, a single Chinese character may correspond to many different pronunciations depending on what dialect of Chinese is being spoken. Even though you may have five significantly different pronunciations of a single word, they are all still technically the same written word. So, when I said the current Chinese word for tea came into usage during the 8th century CE, what I more precisely meant was the current Chinese character for tea came into usage during the 8th century CE. Since this is a podcast, I can't visually show you what the character looks like, and it's pointless to try to describe it in words, so if you want to see it for yourself, just do a Google search of Chinese character for tea. I've also posted a picture of it up on the website. At this point, you're probably wondering how this character is pronounced. So, in my painfully American accent, let me tell you. In the Mandarin and Cantonese dialects, the pronunciation is cha. In the Min dialects, it's te or ta. And in the Wu dialects, it's zo or zo. Five pronunciations one written character. At least two of these pronunciations should ring a bell. Te is linked to the English word tea, and cha is linked to the English word chai. Chai has a specialized usage in English meaning spiced tea, but ultimately, the word itself just derives from a variant pronunciation of the basic Chinese word for tea. These two categories, te derived and cha derived, form the etymological basis of words for tea in nearly every language around the world. If we want to trace these three dialectical pronunciations even further back in time, we run into a debate regarding their origins. 
Some scholars argue that they're derived from three different words for tea in ancient China, but most Chinese historical linguists propose that they all derive from a single root word that, over time, experienced sound changes among speakers in different geographical regions. That hypothetically proposed root word is dra. Now that we've covered tea's contextual background and Chinese etymology, let's move ahead in our story to the early 17th century. In 1602, the Dutch government created the world's first multinational corporation, the Dutch East India Company. As I alluded to earlier, this is relevant to our story because the Dutch helped popularize tea in Western Europe through trade. Consequently, they also popularized te, the root word for tea in most Western European languages. There are two places from which the Dutch may have borrowed the word te. The first possibility is that they picked up the word in Fujian, a southeastern province on the coast of mainland China. The dialect spoken in the Fujian province is called Amoy, and Amoy belongs to the larger sub-dialect of Chinese known as Min. Again, the word for tea in the Min dialects is either Te or Ta. The second possibility is that the Dutch acquired the word indirectly from Malay traders on the Indonesian island of Java who had borrowed the Min pronunciation of the word. At the time the word was borrowed into the language, the Dutch had established trading ports in both Fujian and Java, so it's difficult to pinpoint which of the two sources they obtained it from. Whether direct or indirect, the Dutch borrowing of the ultimately Min Chinese word te spread throughout Western Europe, and by extension, much of the world. Some major languages with te-derived words for tea are English, Spanish, French, Italian, German, Norwegian, Danish, Hungarian, Polish, Hebrew, Tamil, and Sinhalese, among many others. Although languages such as Hebrew, Tamil, and Sinhalese are not European, they inherited the word from European languages that were ultimately influenced by Dutch. The first recorded mention of the tea drink in English is from 1615, though it's not referred to as tea. It's called cha. It appears in a letter from a British East India representative to traders in Macau in which he requests, quote, the best sort of cha, end quote. Now, if you're thinking that cha sounds like an anglicized version of the Mandarin or Cantonese word cha, then you're exactly right. That's what it is, but surprisingly, it's possible that the word entered English via Portuguese. Wait, Portuguese? Didn't I just say that most Western European words for tea are derived from te, and that the Dutch were the first people to bring tea to Europe? Well, most does not mean all, and no. I never said that the Dutch were the first people to bring tea to Europe. I merely said that they were the ones who popularized it. As it turns out, the Portuguese were in fact the first people to import tea to Europe. Now, I know it sounds like I've done things out of order just to achieve some dramatic effect, but if you've listened to this show before, you know that sometimes we have to go forward, then backward, and then forward again to get a point across. We're covering multiple words in multiple languages here, so it's hard to tell this as a cohesive chronological story. Let's back things up and take a look at what Portuguese contact with China looked like during the 16th century. In 1557, the Portuguese established trading ports in Hong Kong and Macau. 
The people of these regions spoke the Cantonese dialect, which pronounces the word for tea as cha. That's the word that was initially borrowed into Portuguese, and it's still the word for tea in Portuguese today. The Portuguese word cha is an exception to the general rule of tea-derived tea words in Western Europe, and incidentally, it's also the oldest attested word for tea in any European language. European allusions to tea can be found in the much earlier writings of the Italian explorer Marco Polo, but he didn't exactly return home with a word for tea that stuck. Recall that the Englishman who first mentions Cha in his letter was writing to traders in Macau, and that's where the possible tie to Portuguese comes in. Of course, it's also possible that the word was borrowed directly from native Cantonese-speaking traders. We may never know for sure. So, if the potentially Portuguese-derived Cha appeared in English nearly 50 years before the Dutch-derived Te, why didn't Cha catch on? Simple. The Portuguese weren't trading tea in large amounts, and therefore, not everyone knew what tea was. It didn't reach the masses. Tea was just an obscure novelty drink in England until the Dutch East India Company began importing it by the boatload, literally. Given England's massive tea consumption today, it's safe to say that the rest is history. Due to the Dutch dominance of the trade market, tea quickly surpassed cha as the more popular word for the drink. In addition to T-E-A, early on, tea had several variant spellings including T-A-Y, T-H-E-A, T-E-E, and T-E-Y. Originally, all of these spellings were pronounced with a long A sound, not a long E sound. This falls in line with both the original Min Chinese pronunciation and the Dutch pronunciation. Most international words for tea in the tea-derived etymological category have retained that long A sound as well. Although the word entered English with the correct pronunciation, that's correct in scare quotes, during the mid-18th century, that a sound in te shifted to an e sound, thus giving us t. If you want to learn more about English vowels and their quirky historical changes, check out the episode on the word to if you haven't already. I go into more detail about the topic there. Since this episode is about the etymology of tea and not the history of tea itself, our discussion of the word can conclude here. But before we wrap things up completely, I'd like to take a quick look at the word chai. Although the English word chai ultimately derives from the Cantonese and Mandarin word cha, it has a unique story of its own. In fact, chai-derived words make up a third etymological subcategory of tea words from around the world. These words in the chai-derived etymological category all derive from Persian. The Persians acquired the traditional cha pronunciation through direct trade with the Chinese during the 15th century, but as the word was absorbed into the Persian language, over time it acquired the distinctly Persian suffix e. Cha plus e created the word chai or chai. Like the Dutch who spread the te pronunciation throughout Western Europe, the Persians spread the chai pronunciation throughout much of South Asia, the Middle East, and Russia. In Hindi, Urdu, Turkish, Arabic, Russian, and all the modern Persian-derived languages, among others, the word for tea is chai. The word chai entered English via Hindi and Urdu during the years of the British Raj. 
Though chai is the generic word for tea in both Hindi and Urdu, in English, it came to specifically mean spiced tea as a way of distinguishing Indian-style teas from traditional English teas. In India, spiced tea is more specifically called masala chai. Sometimes you see this more accurate term reproduced in English as well, but to most English speakers, masala chai is simply chai. All right, that's it for this one, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to follow Words for Granted on Facebook and Twitter. My Twitter name is at Words for Granted, and I'm on Facebook as Words for Granted. If you want to reach me directly, my email is wordsforgranted at gmail.com. And if you love the show, please spread the word and leave a review on iTunes. I know it seems petty, but those iTunes reviews are the number one way to get more people on board with the show. All right, I'll see you next time here at Words for Granted. <laughs>